So, great big good morning. morning. <laughs> Wonderful to have you here today. I am Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to have you joining me this morning, whether you're joining us in person in our studio audience or online. It's wonderful to have you here today. And today we're doing, we're doing something a little different with this service, and we're calling it a family meeting. And, and I can remember my parents more than once. Again, there were, there were five of us. There was a tribe. There was a full basketball team. And uh, more than once, my parents say, all right, Time for us to sit down and have a family meeting, talk about the family. And, and those are important meetings. And, and today's an important one as well. It's, it's interesting, a lot of congregations, they have annual meetings where everybody gathers and they do votes on different things. Our congregation does not do that because we're online. You know, the vast majority of our congregation's online. So I decided today to take the opportunity just to offer some thoughts in, around New Church Live, where we are, where we're trying to go, uh, what some of the challenges are, specifically what are the headwinds, and, and really try to get the message out there clearly and communicate with people very clearly around where things, where things are for us. You know, a summary is it's important for us to have a candid conversation of the headwinds as well as a hopeful, open, curious response to finding a way forward with God's help. And I think those two words, you know, as I was putting the service together today and talking to the team, the two real key words to me are being, you know, both candid and hopeful. I, I think that's where real growth comes. And we're really, we're, we're clear about where we are and we're, we're not afraid to look at that right in the face, as well as maintaining unwavering hope at the same time. And, and those two have to come together consistently. And, and I think about that in terms of this whole concept of, of headwinds and what is a headwind. Well, I, I think back to a story back in my past where my one experience with headwinds, and it was the one time I went sailing, actual sailing, not like a boat with a motor that happened to have a mast, but, but actual sailing. And I'd gone out sailing Lake Moraine out towards Butler, Pennsylvania, out in Butler County, if you're familiar with Western Pennsylvania. And it was with my buddy, my buddy Chris. And uh, he was a big sailor. So we, we go out there and all of a sudden the wind starts coming from the land out to the water. And with that wind is coming a thunderstorm. So I'm looking out there and I'm thinking, okay. So I'm in a boat with a metal stick sticking straight up into the air. The wind's all coming this way. How are we going to get back to shore? And it was, it, was a, it was a little bit scary. It was one of those like, oh, you figure out the word, the next word, oh, you know what, moments. Like, oh my goodness, like, I, what do you do? What do you do? Well, Chris, again, was an experienced sailor. He knew how to tack. He knew how to actually sail into the wind. It's not an easy thing to do. And it's important to acknowledge that there are headwinds in the world right now, and these headwinds are very real. And it's, it's just such an interesting time to watch and to see so many institutions struggling. I've seen it in the high school that I've went to. I've seen it in the college that I've went to. I've seen it in many churches. I see, see us facing the same challenges here in New Church Live. I, I see it in society as a whole. And I think we all do. And it's, it's just a different time. It's a very different time. I mean, I can remember, it's, it's, I'm only 58. And I realize for some people hearing that, that sounds really old. It's not really all that old, I don't think. I mean, I grew up unpaved road, uh, you know, taking hunter safety classes uh, to pass eighth grade, uh, a, a party line off a phone, which meant that, you know, that you picked up the phone, you had to make sure the other 10 people on your road weren't on at that time. You know, that's how I grew up. 
And that was pretty normal. That was pretty normal. A lot of time hunting and fishing growing up. That was probably my primary activity. And it's just, it's so different now, right? It's, it's so different. And, and I grew up reading newspapers and Time and, and Newsweek. Remember those things, <laughs> Time and Newsweek? Well, those things aren't around anymore. And, and now, you know, as, as people say, you know, the primary skill we really have a lot today is browsing. And how do, you, how do you hold all this? Well, it's not that people didn't see it coming. A very famous book, a book that's well, well worth a good read, is this book by Robert Putnam. And the book is called Bowling Alone. And this was written in 2000, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. And he did a fascinating study. He looked at bowling leagues in America. And he said, it's really interesting to look at how, how much that has contracted, how, how fewer and fewer people take place in bowling leagues. And the funny part, folks, I can remember bowling leagues. Probably some of you do. I know at least one of you in the audience is involved in that. But that was, that was pretty common to be involved in a bowling league. And there were all kinds of other things. Uh, you know, Kiwanis on down. You can, you can make a whole list of community organizations that probably a lot of you, if I listed them here today, would be like, what did they do? What did they do? So, so we see this, we see this shift. And with this shift, folks, again, and this is, this is one of the hard parts to really communicate to people. I find to communicate to people. It's not that all these shifts have been good. Um, there are real positive things about these shifts. You know, I think about it from a church perspective. Most of our congregants come from other denominations. They had a, a background in another faith, found New Church Live, they've loved it. Again, we hear about that all the time. And that's very possible today. That, 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 uh, that, that is a very fluid type of membership now. Well, my generation, you know, you were, you were going to do what your parents did, which is what your grandparents did, which is what your great-grandparents did. There was this historical faith thing that you just, you just did that. But now everything's open for question. And that's really good. I mean, there's some really positive, upbeat, good things about those shifts. And there's also a shadow side to it. And we need to be candid about both. We need to understand, yeah, over here, there's been lots of good things that have happened, but over here, there's, there's a downside to it as well. Folks, it's, it's interesting, right? I, I imagine most of us are in touch with more people than we've ever been in our life. I mean, just the, the sheer ability to, to, uh, you know, to connect with people is, is far different than it ever was. I know even as a, even as a pastor, um, you know, and don't think less of me for this. Even as a pastor, uh, we were out grocery shopping about a month ago and we're in, we're, in, we're in this store and this woman has a mask on. She comes up, Pastor Chuck, remember me? And I'm thinking like, no, I don't. But I read her name tag and I said, oh, it's Roberta. And, uh, and, and so she smiled and we laughed. You know, like that's, that's kind of fun. Like I can reach people like that as a church. We can serve people like that. People we don't even know or, or remember. Had the same thing just happen a couple, a couple days ago at a, at a restaurant with a waitress. And, and that's, that's a really powerful, beautiful thing, right? We can connect with so many more people. It's not uncommon at New Church Live for us to have anywhere from 800 to 1,000 computers watching us during a week of time. That's a lot of people. 
And yet, folks, isn't it interesting? We're so connected. And this is, this, we, have to, we have to see this with a gravitas, not with a just like, oh, yeah, I think this is really significant. Many of you are aware the U.S. Surgeon General last week came out with, a, or two weeks ago, came out with this report, our epidemic of loneliness and isolation. That's interesting. And it, it gets, maybe it gets overplayed a little bit, granted, but it gets overplayed maybe because it needs to get overplayed. We are more connected and at the same time not. We, we're, we're, we're a mile wide and an inch deep. And, you know, as is famously said, and I, I, I've offered this in here, these are words of Richard Rohr, are you better doing, a, you know, 100 wells one foot deep or one well 100 feet deep? Which is more likely to be fruitful in the long term? And I imagine we all know what that, that answer is. So this is, this is the challenging part. This is the challenging part. Sometimes, and I, I'm going to break into certain parts here that are more personal than, than pastoral, so my apologies for that in advance. There's, on a personal level, there's part of me that worries that, that we're just losing stuff. We're just losing stuff. I don't know what, I don't know why, it's sort of hard to put your finger on it, but it just feels like we're losing stuff. And are we going to have a conversation around that? And I want to say this, I want to say some of the things I think that we lose are good things to lose, <laughs> you know, very good things to lose. But not everything we lose is a good loss. Some of the things could be things that actually are of value and that somehow in this, in this kind of this, this race to deconstruct things, to tear things apart, to, to, to deconstruct institutions, that in some of that, we may be actually losing some really important things. But those institutions, those groups were there for a reason and they served people for a long time. And if we jettison it too quickly without asking or out having the conversation, I don't think that will serve our children and our children's children well. Now, I don't want to make it sound dire or like scary or anything like that. I just want to say like, this is a different time and there are challenges. There are challenges here at New Church Live that are no different than other places. And today, what I really want to do is just share what some of those are with you folks as we go through today's service. And then end obviously with talking about, yeah, and what is, what is God asking of us in times like these? So I do want to thank you for joining us here at New Church Live today. This service is with many services. Usually we have a question in there somewhere. Today we don't have a specific question, but you're welcome during this service to shoot a reflection to me. At, 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 you can text it to me at 215-740-3662. I'll say that one more time. 215-740-3662. You're welcome as well to, to put it in on our chat. And it's great to have you here. Welcome to New Church Live. Thank you for joining us today as part of this conversation. Looking out across the nighttime, the city wings a sleepless eye. Hear her voice. 
Are strangers, electric eyes are everywhere. See that girl, she knows I'm watching, she likes the way I stay. If they say, Why, why, just tell them that it's human nature. Why, why does he do me that way? If they say, Why. What a great, what a great voice Emily shares with us week in and week out. So I, you know, what I want to talk about now is I want to take a few minutes just to talk about sort of the headwinds that that church is facing. And these, these are very general, they're sort of at a macro and a very micro level, like we experience them here at New Church Live. So I'm going to step over here. Now, Trivial Pursuit. 
Does anybody know the significance of today and this table? No, of course you wouldn't. So today is actually the 15th anniversary of New Church Live. 15 years ago, we had our... Uh, We had our first service and I came out to this table scared out of my mind. And the service was called The Road Ahead. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun to think about that in a lot of ways. And, and boy, things change. You know, back then there was this model, foyer, living room, kitchen, sort of lions and tigers and bears, oh my. You know, it's like this, this mantra that we would just repeat. And, and we came in with a model, we came in with a lot of energy and the place was packed and, and it was all good. And we had in our minds, we wanted to do some internet stuff, but, but back then, believe it or not, what we, what we were having to consider was, could we afford a satellite uplink to actually do internet? Now today, we can do internet. I can do it off my phone, which was unthinkable back then. I mean, I had, a, I had an iPhone, but it was about this big. And it's just, it's just such, a, such a different time. And, and it, yeah, it's only 15 years ago. It's only 15 years ago. Hard to imagine. 15 years ago and 25 pounds lighter, you know? And, and what just, all these shifts that have happened, that have happened, and, and now we're dealing with, with a new era that just, I feel like a lot of these changes that were just, we could just barely start to see them 15 years ago. And now they're in, they're in full sway. They're in full sway and we see them again and again and again. Now, what are these headwinds? Well, I just wanted to run through these and I, I wrote up a document for our board just, just and I wanna share them with the congregation because again, I, nobody, I just don't want anybody ever feel surprised. Like we should be talking about these things because these do impact this church and they impact our society as well. These are no different. Yeah, they impact here. They have a a specific impact around New Church Live, but these are also things we wrestle with as a society. One is we've seen a clear shift. You know, church attendance has declined. And it's not just that church attendance has declined, uh, you know, overall, like less and less people going to church, but the people who do go, go less and less. And I realize right now, probably some of you are like slinking down in your seats, like thinking that's me. Well, of course it's you, it's me. You know, it'd be me too if I was on that side of things. That's, that's the way our society is gone, is we see declining attendance. Now at New Church Live, it's really hard to know exactly where our attendance is because we put out so much video content a week. It's really hard to know. Like how many people use 10 minutes of calm as their Sunday church now or, or watch Sunday church Tuesday on their commute to Chicago? I, I have no idea. But, but we do know roughly, again, we have 800 to 1,000 IPs a week. A lot, of, a lot of people watching, a lot of people taking little bits and pieces from what we do. But, it, but it's, clearly, it's clearly different. And when I think about New Church Live, when our executive director, Curtis Childs, and I were talking about this service, what Curtis says, yeah, you know, this is his quote here, we are a good church in a cultural setting where the imperative to attend or involve oneself in church has largely passed away. And that's really true. And it's, it's, it's not a bad thing or a scolding thing. It just is an is thing. There isn't this imperative to, to, to do it differently. Many of you have heard this story many times, but it, but it was where sort of the, the blinders came off for me. And this, this, was, uh, this was right before COVID. And again, my apologies for repeating the story, but some of you probably haven't heard it. And that's why I want to share it. You know, I, I came out of here, out of New Church Live. It was 
And uh, there's a young man who lives very, very close, literally about as close as you can live to New Church Live. And uh, we sort of run into each other right out front of the building here. And I'm thinking like, oh, that's a little awkward. And in the back of my mind, the 1985 Chuck is thinking, you should be in church, son. And, uh, and he pulls out his earbuds and he goes, Chuck, that was a great sermon. Puts his earbuds back in and keeps running. And, and that was like, oh yeah, that's, that's the world we're in. That is the world we're in. And that gets us to this, this second part here, folks. You know, the impact of COVID. Uh, COVID's had a huge impact on institutions, immense. And, and I think, you know, one author said, we're going to look back at this time and COVID and all those things. This author said, we're going to be referring to it as the great deconstruction. Because COVID, COVID didn't cause a lot of changes. It really just accelerated them. I remember working with a, with a young man who's, who's, who occasionally attends New Church Live, and he's a futurist. And he said, any, any trends, you're, right when COVID started, he said, anything you're seeing seven years out is here now. And Andy Stanley very famously said, he's, he's of North Point Church down in Atlanta, probably the, probably the leader in the church field, so to speak. And Andy Stanley had said, these are forever changes that we're witnessing. And we, we definitely had. I mean, it, it, was, it was really kind of ironic and I think a little bit of divine providence as well. A couple of weeks before COVID hit, we had Nora McInerney. And if you haven't seen her talk here at New Church Live, she is a stitch. And she talks a lot about going through grief. She had lost her, her father and her husband within a couple of weeks of each other, and it was shortly after having a baby. She lit up the stage. And, and I look out, and the place is packed. And we had, we had over 300 people in here, such, essentially a sellout. We had um, over 300 people on the live stream. That was the largest service up to that point that we had done. And, and then COVID hit. You know, and two weeks later, it's me and a couple wonderful volunteers and the team, but everybody's masked and everybody's far away from each other. Wow, that was different. And there was a lot of talk at that time that this is a pendulum, you know, that, that it'll swing to online, but it's going to swing back to, to in person. It's not. I <laughs> think we're just never going to go back to, to those kinds of days because the online is very convenient and it allows us to reach people all over the place. It's not that the pendulum, I don't think there aren't pendulums, there are, but the whole pendulum has shifted now, has gone to a new place. So COVID clearly had an impact. And when, when COVID started, we, we did a number of different things. You know, 10 minutes of calm grew out of that, that little morning thing. I remember thinking we'll do that for, you know, do that for a couple of weeks. But that's really taken hold. Uh, we had Sunday services, very important. We never missed one. We also had some family services going on. And at one point in time, we had over 20 small groups going throughout COVID. And, and again, that's changed. That's, that's shifted. And, and people now are very used to doing everything online. And that's just a different world than what church, than, than the church I grew up in. By the way, I just need to say, sometimes I feel way too old for saying any of this. Because, <laughs> oh my goodness. These, these worlds are so, for someone like me and for many of, many of you out there watching, and this is for the younger folks to hear, it's really hard to explain how disorienting this is to my generation. It's really hard. Because some days I, I just have no clue. Really, like no clue. 
And for somebody with a lot of opinions to reach the opinion they have no clue is, is, a, is a different place, is a very different place. Now, other issues, other headwinds. Clearly, the impact of LGBTQ issues have impacted this, this congregation as well as all churches. Um, it's become the, the hot-button issue for a long time. It's, it's what people ask first in a, in a church, and it's kind of like it's how churches get divided right away. They have a lot of opinions about that. Now's not the time to engage in that, but it's just to say, yeah, these, these issues are out there, and they're, they're very much impacting, impacting churches. Uh, you know, a Barna study shortly before COVID uh, asked people who, who don't go to church, you know, what's the primary adjective you would use to describe Christians? And not in a positive way, they said judgmental. I thought like, oof, 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 oof. That, that hurts. That hurts because that's, that's not Jesus's way, folks. Probably the biggest shift for me where I probably feel the oldest in many ways is, is the shift from community to content. You know, when, when, uh, when we started, we had this real idea of, of church as community and that was kind of, and community as church. And, and that wasn't even a stated assumption. It was just what we did. We just, we had community, we had small groups, we did lunches, we did fundraisers. Um, I can remember us doing, you know, auctions and uh, we would do a new church live auction that for a couple years, you know, we'd have a couple hundred people at a fundraiser. And, and I remember thinking, wow, that is, that is really, really cool. And now we couldn't do that because not enough people would show up in person. That doesn't mean bad and wrong at all. It just means that's the shift that we've seen. And the shift is from church's community. And now it's much more into church's content where people tune in, they, they get their content, they have things they, they want to, to hear and feel inspired by. And I, I, you know, I personally think, and this really is kudos to the team, kudos to the wonderful musicians. I, I think our, our content that the whole team turns out is as good as it's ever been. You know, you, you are always gonna get a message that we've worked on a lot and that is inspirational here and that speaks to the better angels of your nature. I'm very confident in that. And it is a big shift to see, to see how much these things have, have changed. Uh, you know, again, most of our folks are seeing us from the other side of a screen. Um, we used to, you know, before church's community, we used to, you know, oftentimes have like 12, 15 volunteers at a service just to help us run the service. It's not uncommon for us now to have 12, 15, maybe up to 30 people in our studio audience. That's, that's, a big, that's a big change that, that we have faced and navigated. And, and here, folks, I, I don't want to leave it by saying that, you know, and I'll, I'll come back and touch on this in a minute. It's not that there isn't community. There is. It's just online. And it's different. There are little pockets, and I'll be speaking to some here in a minute. There are little pockets of in-person community, but it's not sort of the air we breathe or the water we swim in anymore. And then the last part, folks, all of these issues together have, have led to some financial challenges here. And, and I, it's so funny, like uh, we had sermon writing team and I'd, I'd, I'd put out there, this is what we're going to talk about. Sermon writing team, volunteer team, meets once a week, talks about the sermon. And I said, yeah, we've had some challenges with fundraising. And, and uh, you know, somebody made the comment like a meeting around fundraising is a complete buzzkill. 
And, and it is, it's a buzzkill. So my apologies for, for it being a buzzkill. We have to have some humor around that, right? And we also have to be candid. We are facing some serious financial challenges here at New Church Live. What we have found is while, while we have a lot of people tuning in, we're, we're seeing our donations slide. I think it could be any number of reasons. Again, if you have some insights, like please let me know. Uh, my, what my gut tells me is just we're used to doing stuff for free online. That that's just, just the way it goes. When you're not showing up every week, you're not with your friends, you're not, you're not having those kind of connections, it's just hard, it's harder to remember that donations are a necessary part of church. If, if you think of it like oxygen, folks, uh, oxygen is a great thing. And 99.999% of the time, we don't even notice it. But you notice it when it's not there. <laughs> And, and we're at a point now at New Church Live where we have, in the last six weeks to go, we have about $230,000 to raise. Uh, and again, we're going to be doing some restructuring and other things, but that's, that's where we are, and people should know that as well. So those, those are those headwinds, folks. And, and so with those headwinds, it's just interesting to see you know, how church has changed over time. I think of what church was. You know, this was a picture, this was just the picture of Holy Supper. We did Holy Supper once and I got a picture from right over here, just people coming up front to do, to do Holy Supper. That's what it, what it looked like. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't uncommon for the lobby to look like this. There you go, whole bunches of people. And it, it was not uncommon for small groups, in-person small groups to look like this. That was, that was all, all pretty common. Church is something very different now. And again, there's advantages to this. Like we reach far more people than we've ever reached before, uh, you know, in ways that are incredible. And it's, and it's not that the, it's not that the, um, that the in-person stuff has gone away. I have a couple, number of groups that I meet with once a month. We have dinner. Uh, one, one person uh, made a nice little note. You know, they, they, the small group, a bunch of them had gone to a local concert at Crooked Eye Brewery, which is a lot of fun. And uh, they said, Chuck, why don't you come? And I said, oh, I'm hanging out with high school friends. And this friend texted back, well, it feels like I'm hanging out with high school friends because that's what this group has begun to feel like or has felt like for a while. So there are these beautiful pockets of in-person connection. And there are these beautiful pockets as well of online connection. Again, we've, we see that over and over again as well. And there continues to be beautiful pockets of service. We go down and we work at St. Francis Inn. Walt's the one who, who organizes a lot of this, a wonderful volunteer here at New Church Live at St. Francis Inn. We still do a lot of that. And, and I know for me, it's a busy schedule. It's, it's gotten harder to go down there. But when I do, it's, it's instant truth serum. It's instant like, oh yeah, this is what Jesus, Jesus was talking about. And we've seen, you know, such big shifts, folks, you know, in, in terms of, of changes. And, and I, I think now, you know, looking at, at what small groups look like now, we have service opportunities like this. And then you have small groups, folks, that now nine times out of 10 look like this. You know, I'm looking around that picture and I'm seeing Hawaii, California, New York City, Westchester, uh, Key West, you know, I'm seeing all these different places. I think one's from Boston there, all these different places. And then kind of the cool part of this particular picture, if you, you look over onto the far right, there's my dear, dear, dear buddy, Reverend Carl Parker, retired Methodist pastor 
Mountain California. He has preached on this stage. You've heard me mention him before. Uh, this was the final small group. He was in at New Church Live, and we took this big kind of group picture after he has shared what it was like kind of coming into the last few loops around the airport as, he's, as he was getting ready to move on from this life. So it was a powerful moment, and those, those moments are, are the best of community. Even a few nights ago, I, we had a little conversation group, you know, and on this conversation group online, there's two people from Oklahoma. I, I didn't know anybody from Oklahoma. You know, and here's two people from Oklahoma, they're chatting it up, and as well as somebody from Illinois, it was just really a great, great conversation. And, and with that, folks, we've, as you know, we've, we've traveled. Uh, this is a picture here from Vero Beach, Florida. We went down there. We had a wonderful service down there. Forty people attended that. Uh, you know, that's, that's really good. That's really good. And so, it's, it's again, it's this, it's this strange admixture of a time where I can see these things here, right? And we all can see them. And yeah, and this is almost impossible to get words around. And yet there's this little unease in the back of my mind that's worried that we may be moving so fast that online or in person, we're just gonna forget about community because browsing has taken over. And just browsing is so easy to do. We live in a world where Anytime someone says, this is me sounding really old, anytime someone says, well, maybe that's not a good idea, that's a challenge for a lot of people. We live in an era where we ask people, what do you desire? This is a whole sermon coming up, by the way. What do we desire? We don't ask the question, are you desiring the right thing? It is, everybody, all of us has desire, and it is very possible to desire the wrong things and very possible to desire the right things. But we're not in that conversation anymore. That, that's a little just like, ah, it just, I, I, don't, I don't even have the words for it. There's just something that just doesn't quite pass the smell test fully. That's really hard for me personally, and I imagine for, for a lot of you. And, and it feels again like, like in this era, and here's a beautiful line from the Bible, and I, I never had actually seen this line before, but I saw it on, sorry about that, I gotta flip through pages here. Um, saw it actually in 10 minutes of calm. We're looking at this line, Genesis 10. From these islands, this is after knowing the flood, nations dispersed, each by its tongue, by their clans, in their nations. And that, that idea of becoming islands instead of isthmuses or archipelagos, um, you know, that idea that we've, we've sort of atomized in a lot of ways. And, and it's not necessarily, folks, that the internet helps that. I think we all know the internet's very curated. You know, it's based on what you do. And, th and that's, that's part of church. Like, folks, if you're in New Church Live and you go to a small group, you are gonna be with some goofy people. People totally different from you. Wildly different from you. And, that's the beauty. I have, I have met more eccentric, goofy, fun, inspiring, now great friends, would do anything for them people through this church. And I just know I never would have met them if that word church wasn't in there. Think about that. There's a lot of people who you can get to know through New Church Live who are nothing like you. 
except for when it gets to their heart. And then you feel like they're a brother. Then you feel like they're a sister because they have that heart of love and that heart focused on God. What happens, folks, is, is I think what we're asked to do is, 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 is to continually ask ourselves, you know, just, just how do we continue to kind of curate a, a new form of loyalty, a, a deep form of loyalty? And even that today, like, that's such a, boy, word loyalty. Who wants to use that word today? And I, I want to talk about that just for a minute. Like, I've, I've said here in New Church Live a few weeks ago, you know, we can have loyalty to a person and really, as we evolve, we want to have loyalty to the relationship. That's the most important thing. I know the couples that I look at that I really admire, yeah, they got an immense amount of loyalty to each other, but they have so much loyalty to the relationship that they're willing to do hard things. They're willing to have hard conversations. They're willing to do some really tough things because the relationship is what matters. Not just their temp temporary relationship with the person. And the beautiful part is when we take care of that, when we really have loyalty towards the relationship, it feels, feeds right back into loyalty to the person. And I think that is part of what, what a church can offer. Here's a piece of new church theology. What, what happens is loyalty becomes increasingly authentic as it grows from loving kindness. And I love that word authentic. It's, it's this authentic loyalty, real authentic loyalty. Where, where you just have people you just know have your back. Who could not be more different from you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the beauty of church at its best and, and at its community. And that doesn't just depend on us all coming back to being in person. That's probably not going to happen. Uh, or more of us come back. Probably not going to happen. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to return as, as we focus again. We try to, try to reimagine community. Reimagine loyalty, reimagine dedication to a cause, what that, what that looks like. So it leaves us, friends, with, with this question. And this is, from, this is from Jonathan Sachs, a rabbi Jonathan Sachs, because Judaism's wrestling with the same stuff. He, had, he posed it this way, and I love this. We have been decentered. Can we be recentered? I like that. I like that. We have been decentered. I know that there are, are those uh, young adults who've, who've grown up in this era, and it probably doesn't feel that way at all. Decentered, because, you know, it's, it's with technology, people say all the time there's natives and there's tourists. And, and I get it, people who've grown up where, where technology's been their native tongue, it probably doesn't feel that way, but it certainly feels that way, way to me and to many of us. And and our institutions definitely feel like they're being decentered right now. Uh, you know, again, take, take your peck, take your peck. I know I was, I was talking to someone who works over a lot with a local, local hospital, you know, and they, they had nine volunteer boards. And now they're down to like four and they're kind of scrambling to keep those four going. That's, that's not uncommon for any nonprofit to be wrestling with those things. And so the question is, how do we do that? Now, as the musicians come out, come out, I'd ask you to just think about that. Yeah, how do, how do you imagine the recentering looking? What do you see it being like? Again, feel free to, to shoot me a text. 
at 215-740-3662. Feel free to leave a comment in the comment section on one of the platforms we look at. And, and when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about what, what this might look like to find that new vision and to get recentered. Be not discouraged, be not dismayed, be not disappointed, darling, be not betrayed, be not unwise now, be not displayed, be not disguised now, be not afraid, be not bewildered, be not undone. Be not all so hurried, honey, you've just begun. Got to be there believing when you have prayed. Be there believing, be not afraid. Never be, never be, no, no, baby, be not afraid. Never be, never be, no, no, baby, be not afraid. Be not afraid, be not afraid There will always be a light that's there to guide you If you look inside you, there will always be a light Be not unthankful, be not unkind Be not unforgiving, be not taken by time be not soon shaken, be not soon swayed, you're not forsaken, be not afraid. Never be, never be, no, no, baby, be not afraid. Never be, never be, no, no, baby, be not afraid. Be not afraid, be not afraid. That's there to guide you If you look inside you There'll always be a light So be not unthankful Be not unkind Be not unforgiving Be not taken by time Be not soon shaken Be not soon swayed You're not forsaken Thank you. That's a song written by Sherry Marcus, one of our favorites ever. Be not afraid. Hi, New Church Live. It's Angela. We need your help. Our fundraising year ends at the end of June, and we still have a little over $200,000 left to raise. I know that might seem daunting, but I know we can do this. If everybody steps up and supports this church, we can reach our goal. So it funds all the things that you count on here, the Sunday service, the 10 minutes of calm, community service efforts, small groups, all the programs and initiatives that you all count on. So we hope you'll consider making a donation and helping us reach our goal. You can do that on our website, on the donation tab. You can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, 
or you can use the QR code. We really need everybody to support this church that we all love and care and appreciate. So we hope you'll make a donation and we hope you'll support New Church Live today. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Angela. And you know, folks, as we as we close here, looking at, at what does it mean to be really recentered? Like how does that how does that actually look? And I wanted to, to share with you just a couple of parts from the Bible I think that are significant. And this first one's from Matthew 5, where it's salt and the light. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. There's, there's so much beauty to that idea that, that that's what churches are to be. They're, they're not the whole thing. They're not the whole meal. They're not all of existence. Yet they are salt and they are light. And they should add flavor out there into the world. They, they should have a message that can, that can really help people in their lives. I think about, you know, just over the past couple of weeks, you know, the number of memorial services we have or are going to have. And that's where I can just see it. It's, it's hard to describe, but, but you just see what, what a church has to offer that's a piece of salt where, where, we, just, where we just understand the, the preciousness of life and that, that life goes on and that, that love wins. All these basic core messages of church that you don't get simply browsing, that really come forward in community. And yes, we've done online funerals, we've done online this, we've done online that, but it's, but it's interesting. People, for the vast majority, at those really precious moments, they wanna do it in person. They wanna do it together. And sometimes we travel to do those things. I mean, we had a funeral last week out, out west out of Western Pennsylvania. That, that bit, folks, of salt and light, and it's, it's we, live, we live in a culture, this is, I'm gonna rant for a second here. We live in a culture that says, no, it is all about your light. Let your light shine. And we'll hear that. But we totally miss the second part of what Jesus was saying. Because, let your light shine, because it gives light to everyone in the house. That's powerful. So that other people can see it. So other people can see their way. And it's not about, you know, getting enamored that we have a light, other people don't. It's, it's about understanding. We have a light, they have a light, they have a light, they have a light. And somehow when we all get into that environment of letting our lights shine, as God has given us to see it, which takes work, that yeah, something else starts to happen, something beautiful. And here's a piece of New Church theology, I think, that speaks a bit to that from the book Secrets of Heaven. In the Christian world, it is doctrine that differentiates churches. These denominational names grow out of doctrine alone, which would never happen if we considered love for the Lord and charity for our neighbor the chief concern of faith. If we did, in other words, hold those two, two things as the priority. If we did, these distinctions would simply be differences of opinion. True Christians would leave such issues up to the individual and the individual's conscience. Beautiful reference to freedom there. One church would come out of all the different churches and all disagreement due to doctrine would vanish 
Even the hatred of one denomination for another would melt away in a moment and the Lord's kingdom would come on earth. That's, that's a very powerful theological statement there. That idea that if, 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 we really, if we really worked at it, if we really worked at creating community is the way I read that. If we really worked on that, you want to know what God's kingdom coming to earth is, look at the way community can function. And look at community at its best. Many of you have had that experience. So friends, you know, I, I close with this, you know, candor, hope, and a call. You know, candidly, this time is a struggle. And we're candidly going to restructure some things here at New Church Live. I'm sure that's coming. And we're going to do the best we can to meet our financial goals. Any help you can give is deeply, warmly appreciated. And the candid part, too, is that, is that uh, this is hard. Like, this is hard work. It's, it's, not, it's not easy building community. I, I think, <laughs> you know, just, just the candor around what it takes to build community. Community is built, you know, after maybe three really awkward meetings. And that's true. There isn't anything about this that is going to feel as good, building community, that's going to feel as good or as immediately rewarding as Facebook. It just isn't. Real community takes sacrifice. And, and I know what that word sacrifice, I love what it means, you know, to sacrifice is what we are willing to make sacred. So if we're willing to make something sacred, we're willing to sacrifice for it. And again, we cannot do those things pretty easily and, and, and be pretty content, I think, in this life because there's so many distractions. But don't forget, we're living in the midst of a crisis of loneliness, a crisis of disconnection, all signs pointing towards this pursuit of individual happiness, individual desire, somehow it's not making us our best selves. It doesn't feel that way, at least. It's interesting to think through that and to really have sort of a, a candid check on it. Now the hope is, folks, is this. The hope is, as a congregation, very specifically, New Church Live has gone through a lot of different iterations. We've changed, we've morphed, we've really tried to be ahead of it all, and I'm sure we're going to continue to try to do those things. We will do those things with your help. And so I really do have hope. I, you know, again, that hope that is love stretching into the future. I, I have a deep hope that, 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 you know, we'll be open and curious. We'll work towards figuring something out. And, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of hope. And there's a lot of hope based on this idea that we have stretched all across the country. A lot of wonderful people who, give, who should give all of us hope. We're part of this thing that we've been trying to do. And part of, and it's not just this thing, but, but trying, trying to build community in all sorts of different ways. And last but not least, what's the call? You were in a sermon writing team. People said, give them a call. Well, well, here's, here's a call, and I want to share with you a text message I got, uh, you know, from someone, someone in the service. And I want to use this to sort of set up this June, June 4th thing. Chuck, you mentioned we were losing things and didn't know what. I think it's simple. We're losing people because we're missing hugs, touches, smiles, laughs, frowns, 
that emojis cannot replace. There is no congregation, just, just people online. I miss the people and all that comes with them. That's a, that's a legitimate point. And what I'm gonna ask for a call on June 4th, I'm gonna ask just that we consider, not that we're gonna pack the building or anything, but, but if you're watching online and you can attend in person on June 4th, please do. Love to have you because we wanna have a conversation and, and have some different things that we're gonna be coming up with that people can sign up for after church. Small little ways to build community. Nothing big, I think it's just, it's, it's way too much to feel like we, we're gonna like totally shift the world overnight. It's, it's progress, not perfection. It's one step at a time. It's, it's one little movement at a time. And I wanna have opportunities for people to sign up for some different things with lunch or different things with dinner. I love food, I'll always do lunch or dinner. You know, little things like that. We're gonna have some small group stuff coming up. People can sign up for that. Just trying to create a little energy around this. And that will be true. Again, the, the majority of the congregation being online and not local here to the Philadelphia area, there'll be lots of online opportunities as well that we're gonna be putting together with the team this week and we'll have in place for people to sign up and just, just build community, be part of that. And, you know, the, the last word, you know, um, I, want to, I would want to say this, about church. You know, friends, I, I, I think what we do really matters here. I think church matters. I think we can live a life that's, that's again, mile wide and inch deep. But, I, but I've seen it over and over again, what you have created, what the congregation has created, how it's served so many families in so many ways. Not perfectly. There's nothing perfect about what we do. Nothing. But there is a true heart, and it's a heart of service. It's a heart of connection. And we're at a time where, where we need to look at that and lean into that in new ways as, as we're coming into a, out of an era and into a new one that is, that is challenging to figure out. And I was, I was thinking about it this way. Like, I've done many jobs, and, and, and over, these, over the course of my career, many times, you know, I've gone into something, I've gone into it with a real sense, a model, like this is what we're gonna do. I, I certainly don't have that going into the future now. I have more questions than I do answers. But I know that we have the right people around who can help us to find that way forward. And, and none of that's gonna be easy. But I know this as always, it's gonna be good. So thank you for allowing me to share that with you today. And what we're gonna do now is we're gonna close the service with a little prayer, a little meditation, and then last but not least, a closing song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for being with us through thick, through thin, for helping us to find our way forward. Help us, Lord, to be able to hold on to this, to both this candor and this hope. Candid about where we are, the challenges we face. Hope as well for what moving forward might look like. Keep us open. Keep us curious. And most important, keep us loving. Thank you for our presence. Thank you for our presence here together as a group. And thank you for what you are in all of our lives. Hear our prayer. 
Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.
Thanks, everybody.